what is it the thesis the antithesis and the synthesis yeah and I think there will always be that um, and you know so it's just good to kind of be aware of what's out there mm-hmm. so you can kind of do the opposite <laughs> <laughs> This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Hello, everybody, and you're very welcome back to another episode of FNI Rap Chat on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Um, we're really excited to work in collaboration with the Irish Film Institute on a series of documentary podcasts, as I've said, kind of in the couple that we've done so far, that in a time of kind of such ambiguity and confusion in the world, I think there's never been a more important time to kind of watch documentary and get a sense of kind of what's out there. And also, I suppose, remind us of what's, you know, the you know the human condition in all its forms and all of the humour and wonderful, uh, you know, um, all the facets of the of, of kind of human behaviour, I think it's really important. Um, so, you know, for anybody who kind of in that world, you're, you're doing kind of exemplary work. And anybody who's been making any material during COVID-19 deserves a pat on the back for the incredible work that they've been doing, especially with those masks and, and in those hot conditions and under lights, um, which I know our guest today has done a lot of. Um, a massive thank you to our sponsors, uh, Wildcard Distribution, uh, Octavid.com and Film Equipment Store for being champions of independent film and television and been wonderful to us so we really appreciate that and if you'd like to support the show you can go over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash fni and you can buy us a one-off coffee two sugars and a drop of milk or you can become a member and what that will do for you will give you discounts um and if you're really really quick uh, we're just wrapping up our mentorship scheme soon which will give you access to some people working on film and tv who will um impart some wisdom and have some short video calls with you and kind of check in with you then a little bit a little bit of time afterwards to see kind of how you're getting on in your on your own creative journey um you know just kind of sending the lift back down as it were um Today's a good day because we have a new co-host on the show, which we're really excited about, Georgina McKevitt. How are you? What's the story? Thanks for having <laughs> me. Very excited to be here. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just back in Ireland after a little stint in LA. So uh, just equating or getting used to everything here again, which I'm loving. It was very much closed when I left. Yeah. So everything's open again. So very excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, we're always trying to kind of open up new avenues and um, new build new relationships with uh, different sectors and different kind of industries. And Georgina spent a lot of time in LA, so kind of from FNI's perspective, we want to kind of do a little bit more there and kind of redirect some 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 um, uh, to tap into some of those kind of experiences people have had over there and 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 talk about the, the industry and how that correlates with the Irish industry and the differences and so on. So we're delighted to have you involved so thanks so, so much thank you you're very good today today we're joined by um, a documentary filmmaker who I've known for a few years who's been very kind over the last number of years kind of with FNI with his time uh, speaking at events um, and just generally being one of the nicest guys in the business which is kind of universally acknowledged and I say that uh, as if he wasn't sitting directly across from me but he is um, Alex Fegan. Uh, the check is in the post in the morning. Yeah. The, well, you, yeah but <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take whatever's going. Um, how are you doing? Great, thank you. 
It's great to have you on finally. We did have Alex on for about 10 minutes at the very start of um, kind of F&I Rap Chat where we did like a kind of a, a round table thing at the Kerry Film Festival about four, three or four years ago. And um, I, I always say to Alex when I bump into him at various different things or he comes and speaks at our events that we'd love to have him on properly. And this was a great opportunity as the Irish Wedding screens this Sunday at the uh, the IFI Documentary Film Festival. Tell us about, you know, you know, as all kind of documentary journeys are, it, it's a long road and a long process. Where where did the idea for this come from, and 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 the genesis of the project kind of began for you when you got married? I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was I was actually at a wedding, and uh, there was uh, some really good speeches. Okay, and uh, there was uh, it was the fa- it was the father, the bride, and the mother of the groom. I think spoke, and there was best men speaking, and there was. Uh, a bridesmaid speaking and I was just kind of thinking they were all saying different aspects um, telling different stories from different angles yeah. of the bride and groom and so I was kind of thinking there might be something here in a documentary and then over a period of time the idea kind of formed and we thought it could be a nice portrait of Ireland through the wedding in particular the speech Yeah, no it is and as somebody who's watched it obviously in advance I have to say that um I think, number one, you're doing a great job in terms of your previous work of just holding up, and I mean this in the greatest possible way, holding up a mirror to kind of us in Ireland, whether it be through kind of the Irish pub or Older in Ireland, which is one of the best documentaries Ireland's ever produced. Um, sorry, you know, uh, but it is. I just think it's a wonderful piece of work. Um, and I think th- this is another example of that. And I got quite emotional watching it as someone who's not married. Um, to <laughs> Just because it, it, it's, the, I suppose it's the ultimate example of, of a fly on the wall, you know, where you just let people do their stuff. And that's the best type of directing. Is to just let people do it, behave, you know. Can it can it even be called directed? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so the I, I think absolutely. Yeah, I suppose the idea was uh, um, no directing at all. It was it was like um, if that's if that's if that's a, a good strategy or not. I don't know, but with this, it just seemed to work because we we didn't want to interfere or say do this or do that or you know walk this way or walk that way or mm-hmm. so it was really just what would we capture on the day and that's what would end up in the film and yeah. if we didn't manage to capture it it wouldn't happen i think it's um it's a uh, for me anyway it was just just the the kind of startling there's one or two bits in it i don't want to spoil it for anybody because obviously it will it would be available for people to watch soon but um j- just the the kind of blatant honesty, particularly of some of the best men or the best man in one particular bit, just got me. Jesus, I can't believe he said that to a group of people, kind of thing. Um, what, like, how, how? What's your process in terms of the way you work? Is it? And I mean this, and again, in in a, um, in a in a positive way. Do you just set up and let them do their thing? Yeah, genuinely, um, it's it's a, a case of I arrive and I just say I'm invisible. Please don't no forget I'm here. Yeah, uh, just do your thing. And uh, initially, people are very conscious that you're in the same room as them with a big camera. Uh, uh, and then eventually, things start to get more normal, and they just kind of forget after forget a after a while. And and that's what you're hoping. Yeah, so you're yeah. there for the whole day, the whole process, the getting ready, everything. How is that for you? Yeah, it's long. <laughs> I've I've a big sympathy for wedding videographers, uh, and I met a lot of photographers uh, along this 
journey as well and uh, great bunch of people. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a tough old day and you know, you only have one chance with everything. Like you can't exactly ask the bride to walk down the aisle a second time or you can't yeah. ask uh, somebody to read, you know, say something in a speech. So if somebody steps in front of the camera or whatever, that's it, it's done. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to light as well because you're, you know, you don't want to be kind of overlighting their day and yeah. destroying the atmosphere and so you're dealing with all that. I think um, it's, it's, um, you're really re- well reviewed, um, your films, and I think for good reason. I mean, even your last project, Abbey Feelgood, was uh, number one. It's great to know that there's 25 barbers in that town or hairdressers. <laughs> if you're passing through, if you've, if you know, if you need a haircut or whatever, or, or a blow dry. But again, it's that it's that nuance. I think this the the the, the importance of nuance and just kind of letting people because people overcomplicate things sometimes. And as someone you know who's watched a lot of documentary and is you know um, directs a little bit in documentary, I've um, the the mastery of just letting letting them do their thing. Is I'm sure is much harder sometimes than than you know. It's just like ah oh, yeah, I just turn up and record and and, and make a, a brilliant documentary. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was something in Abbey Feelgood. We were we were trying to like look at a, look at a convers typical conversation in a hairdresser and barber, and they start off talking about the weather, and then that conversation would segue into talking about the sporting event of the day, and then that mm-hmm. would segue into something deeper, and I was saying I was just kind of thinking like, wouldn't it be interesting to just see that flow? unfold um not uh you know and and then see if we could tap into sort of not look at one person an outlier who is particularly great at something or or an event but just to look at an, a, a lot of uh, normal people going about their lives um extraordinary people really yeah. and uh and and seeing w- whether there's some kind of collective um story that can be told so it's it's the same kind of uh, thinking of like if you were looking at one person and you you want to tell a story of that person, um, but just applying that to many people and seeing if that's possible. Yeah, I think it's it's a really good example of kind of like people watching, you know, in the best possible mm-hmm. way. You know, it's just and then because the you know half of directing is the editing and putting it together, right? So yeah. that's where I suppose there's a lot of the actual work work comes into. Do you edit all your own stuff as well? I do, I do. Uh, I lo- uh, yeah, it's it's for me. It's the it's the it's just such an important part. That's where you're telling the story. Yeah. Um. And so you'd have the idea of the edit in your head. Uh, while you're filming, but it's, uh, you know, until you're actually there, do you realise, oh God, I was completely off the mark and, uh, you know, taking that angle or that was a complete mm-hmm. waste of time. And then you start to piece it all together and it's very, very rewarding. <laughs> and <laughs> is it be. just you or, I mean, how much of a crew do you have? Uh, so uh, it depends, uh, you know, so for a lot of the Irish wedding, it would have been just, just myself. Wow. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, for some of the weddings where there was more than four speeches, I would have had a sound guy with me uh, because it would have been just too hard to be swapping radio mics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's really it. There was one or two weddings where I had a second camera uh, just because uh, the, the, there might have been somebody nearby that, that I knew and just said, oh, do you wanna, would you give me a hand? Um, so, which was great because you know we were able to have, have those options. Um, but yeah, in general, and but each film is different. Like so, of you course. know, with Abbey Feelgood, I worked very closely with Dennis Dwyer and uh, Older in Ireland with Gary Welch and Colin Nassell and the Irish pub. Then, well, I was actually with my dad. He drove me around to all the pubs because he wanted Aww. a pint in each pub. That's <laughs> 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 great. That must, have, that must have been you know, what did like road tripping with your old man like that must have been. 
like like a great life. Like surely there's a film even in that alone, you know? <laughs> the making of. Yeah, the whole idea was that he would drive and I could have a pint at the pub so I could make sure there was quality control but then he ended up having the pints in the pub while I was actually filming and then it's I, had to, I had to drive home dry. <laughs> but I got to go back. Yeah. Um, what about um, just just to talk? I'll, I'll just go back, kind of, and talk. Uh, take you right back to the start. Um, what was your kind of earliest cinematic kind of memory, or what was the first kind of film that made an impact on you when you were a kid? Good question. Uh, now, people, there's no right and wrong answer. We've asked this before, and some people go Terminator Two, <laughs> you know, or Jurassic Park, you know, and it really is an event film for a lot of people. Yeah, but like Jaws, I'm not, I I'm not expecting a t- a t- a, you know Tarkovsky or you know. No, no, Jaws. Well, it certainly wasn't any of those. Uh, it was uh, yeah, Jaws, all the Spielberg stuff, all the eighty stuff, you know, like like I'm sure you remember like watching A Team and MacGyver and all those pro television programs. I'd be kind of you know you know, wondering how do they make that? How do they yeah. make that? Like, probably not actually for a good while. I probably just enjoyed the, the programmes. But yeah, then when, <laughs> when Jaws, yeah, I probably was like, that's, that's, uh, that's such a scary. Yeah, it's those kind of Indiana Joneses, E.T. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, just uh, when it came to just why it got me into making films, it was, um, I just uh, we went to the holiday around Ireland and, I, and my dad had a, a high eight camera and he just said, here, you film this. And I was like, oh, my God, it's amazing. So <laughs> I was like that old cliche of the family camera. <laughs> yeah, no, it, <laughs> it, it, it often you. is like yeah. it's a super eight thing with some people. But yeah. were you somebody who was like, you know, getting out the toy soldiers and doing yeah, that yeah. type of thing? And <laughs> yeah, I was because I tried to get my siblings to act in, in sort of early productions and right. uh, you know they were always kind of like James Bondy type of things you know? <laughs> yeah. and uh, Castle Knock espionage yeah yeah that kind of thing and Miami Vice Junior was one where we had it was a bunch of uh, our friends found a bag of cocaine under the ground <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and we had like uh, balloons that we'd burst for gunshots and whatnot. Really? And then, yeah, yeah, we did. And then, uh, but they were always messing. So then, uh, the toy soldiers came out. Uh, actually, Lego toys. <laughs> yeah, for, and, uh, for yeah. animation. And uh, then I got really into that. And then, if you go onto um, YouTube and Google or Save Us Adolf, you can see like a half an hour film I made about Adolf Hitler saving the world. <laughs> by yourself yeah, by when you were a teenager yeah when I was a wow. teenager uh, but then you took uh, well, you, you took a kind of different route then you didn't go down the any, uh, at least not immediately down the creative route you went you, you had started in a completely different profession uh, studied for a different profession altogether how did you end up going down that road and then how did you find your way back to destitution uh, yeah yeah that's a good word <laughs> uh, uh, yeah it was just uh, yeah so I, I ended up ended up going into the legal business uh, from my sins and uh, was working in I, I trained to be a solicitor and uh, did the whole black hole place work four years in a, in a firm qualified and uh, but I was still always kind of coming up with ideas and stories and um, and then one uh, year decided to get a bunch of friends to act in a movie uh, science fiction a thriller called Man Made Men which was about a scientist who makes his own world in a box uh, not too far-fetched judging by what we've seen over the last year and a half is it though now mm, yeah, maybe. you know it, it, like that thing about timing and stuff like that as well it did quite well for you that, didn't no, well, yeah, it? festival wise yeah stuff. it did it got into a few festivals and um, door opener it was a door opener and I, you know what because I, I had no idea to do anything at that point so I was still I made it over a course of a month of Sundays 
um, where when most most of the crew were kind of like sleeping in and not really wanting to actually get up and do the acting. But <laughs> are you not serious about this? Yeah. I thought you were joking. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was a bit like that. <laughs> uh, but uh, look, it was a bit of crack, and we got it done. And uh, yeah, good learning curve. Yeah, um, and then like, was there a conscious kind of decision of um, like I need to? Were you not enjoying the work, or or was it like uh, do, do I have to step out of this to do some to go back to what I'm passionate about? Yeah, there was a, there was a bit of that. There was there was a few kind of incidents as well. Right? Like the firm I was in, it was around the time of the crash, and uh, it started to do a lot of debt collection and stuff like that. And I remember, I remember thinking, oh God, life's too short for this. Um, and one time, one uh, debtor rang up the office and said he was going to top himself oh, me geez. basically I was like, <laughs> so I, I was like you know what life's too short um, I'm not doing this anymore uh, like that wasn't why I got into it and got into that industry mm-hmm. but I uh, always preferred filmmaking anyway so just decided to take a period of time out and then never went back yeah brave stuff you know I think if, if, a great example of you know it's never too late to kind of I mean do you mind if I ask you how old you were when you, when you when you started again I was 27 again? okay so you were a bit into it you know to, yeah, to yeah. kind of shift uh, career paths yeah a lot of uh, but it was good because I got to see an entirely different industry I was working in an office every day and uh, you know so I never took I never took for granted uh, what we do what we, like this the film ministry it's mm-hmm. um, you know when people say oh god it's very tough you know try going into an office and opening up a file and you're like I, I did, did that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly so you know so it's uh, you know did, did any of I never the, complained did any of that environment or that kind of and just and justice for all environment um, uh, uh, did it influence any 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 creative uh, projects or because you would imagine that straight away someone who worked in a, a law firm would be like I'm going to write a, you know a, you know a well I suppose you did with Man Made Men but like has any uh, characters that you've come across or scenarios influenced kind of future stuff it yeah. was a conducive to that environment in any way. Yeah, I think so. There was there was loads of stories. Um, you know, th- you know, there, there were stories uh, that that may or may not influence future projects potentially. And um, mm. I made men actually. We got into the forecourts and we did a whole scene in the forecourts because I used to talk to the porter in there and he got us in. Go and, on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we had uh, we had three rabbis at the forecourts one day. It's quite funny. <laughs> So just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just gorilla style, just going in and uh, no, no, uh, he 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 uh, got us permission. We okay. got up to the dome and whatnot. So uh, yeah, like it's uh, maybe de- maybe down the road I might do something else. Uh, but uh, I suppose it was actually being in pubs more than anything that kind of <laughs> influenced the first documentary. Yeah. Um, was there a, like did you in terms of documentary did you stumble into it? Was there a conscious decision to do that, or was it, or were you like, well, I want to experiment now and see where I go? Uh, I when when I was in secondary school and it was sort of like in the last year after I was doing a stop motion animation I started getting into document like so I did like a documentary in our class mm-hmm. and if you actually look at that it's almost very similar to literally those documentaries I make now okay and but it's a style that's what that is you're creating your own yeah style. it was just sort of like yeah so it was just you know it's just uh, the way you probably see things and uh, so that kind of uh, so I always I always kind of liked that idea of getting a lot of different views on, on the same thing or, or you know, seeing if there was some kind of, that kind of vignette style. And uh, so I, I kind of knew I liked it, but actually it was one of the actors in 
man-made men who said um, he wanted he he was a tour guide and he said would I come around the country with them and film the whole country, okay. and that's what kind of led. Then I was thinking, oh, you know, it'd be interesting to do something on pubs. Yeah, and. So while I was filming the pubs, um, we put a trailer online and a distribution company saw that and they said we'd be interested in putting it in the cinema and I was not expecting that. Wow. Uh, and that's how that's how we properly got started. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, again, a great piece of work and, you know, just anal- analysing that. It would be interesting to kind of see how, you know, those characters have dealt with the last year and a half of not being yeah. open, you know. Yeah, I know. And to have you been in contact with any of them over? Yeah, any of this? yeah, I, I stayed in contact with a few of them, and um, it is a kind of like one of these uh, parts of Irish culture that we probably really take for granted, you know, because it becomes synonymous with alcoholism, which mm. of course is terrible. <laughs> but it's not always about the pub doesn't always represent that in people's no, lives. No, you no, know? it's it's often just about you know. Uh, somebody that lives by themselves that wants to meet people mm-hmm. and you know we didn't have a coffee shop con- culture in country villages we we had the pub you mm-hmm. know and that's where people went and it was a great way to kind of have the chat have, have the crack and and there was loads of stories so you know we just kind of went around the country and just had one rule like the pubs had to be three generations in the same family okay. just to have that story and the owners had to do the interview not, not a, a staff okay um, how many how many pubs did you visit in total Visited uh, twenty three, so it's twenty three pubs in the film, but all over the country, all over the country. Yeah, Jesus, it's and very that, intimate. So, do you like as you were saying? Do you stay in touch with people, or like, is it hard to leave some of those situations because you're getting so close to what's yeah, happening? Sometimes, sometimes you do become good, you become good friends, uh, and yeah, but <laughs> for you know, better or worse, for better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, you would, um, but you know, you can't. You can't do that. You can't like obviously be be everyone's friend all the time. So yeah. you, you know it's uh, life gets time gets in the way. <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, you do you get attached? You must get attached to some of these people. Uh, you know, like especially when like, well, it was hard in Ireland Ireland because we filmed thirty people, and I think there's only one centenarian still alive of the thirty. Jesus. Yeah. So you know, it was like uh, twenty nine have now passed away of the thirty that we filmed. So that was tough. Yeah, because uh, we did like because we spent a good few hours with each centenarian, and they were and then you're looking at them, you know, in the edit, and you're really kind of getting to know these people, and then when you get the phone calls, kind of like oh god. Mm. I'd imagine it's akin, you know, to kind of working in a care home to a degree, and you get, you know, absolutely, absolutely you know, right. especially because awesome. I mean there weren't one off. I know with that one, you there was like repeat interviews. It wasn't a smash and grab thing. You were. And you had some, because by nature of, I remember you telling me before, by nature of their health as well, you'd be kind of halfway down the road and then you had to turn back or you couldn't get them. So you'd be traveling to try and get them when you could and when, or when they were kind of lucid, yeah. like lucid enough to chat, you know, or when they, when, they, when, they were, when they were up first, you know, and then so, yeah, we'd hop in the car and drive to Connemara or to... Cork or to Kerry and Jesus, it was great. <laughs> I'd I'd love to see your your toll your toll bill. I know. Um, I keep all those receipts to get the VAT back. It's like thirty eight cents, thirty eight cents. <laughs> oh, <that's up. laughs> so, um, like, kind of what ex- what excites you going forward now? What what kind of stuff do you want to do? Or is there like is there a trilogy of kind of like the Irish? 
thing, you know, with the Irish pub and now you have the Irish wedding. And do you see that? Like, is there another instalment to that to kind of round things off? Or well, we, well, we did the Irish wedding, the Irish pub in Olden Ireland. So we had a we were already kind of covered the three <laughs> trilogy, trilogy, I suppose. Yeah. Then, then we did uh, the Confessors last year, which was about. Um, uh, priests, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, all right, but it was around sin and redemption and what that means. So, it was although we were interviewing one demographic of people, mm-hmm. priests, all men, uh, it was almost you know, uh, and then we'd interview them all directly in front of their confession boxes, and they would talk about really kind of very interesting things. Uh, <laughs> initially, that was called Sins of Ireland, and uh, so we're releasing that abroad, and, we're, and that's and that, that title will resume. Um, and then and then the Irish wedding. So I'm probably having over uh, uh, sort of unhealthy interest in Irishness. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad <laughs> thing. I mean, that, that, that stuff, your stuff, really, really, really travels and does. You know, um, um, it's it's testament that that it's screening on television as well, and it's finally getting the, the, as broad an audience your your stuff as possible, and it's just getting like wonderful reviews, and it's great to see you know somebody who really likes your stuff. Um, what's where where do you see yourself in five years? No, it's, um, it's a really good question. Uh, like, yeah, so uh, we're t- I'm doing an, we have another documentary after this one that we're going straight into, and then one directly after that. But then I would like to try and get into drama as well. Um, get back mm-hmm. to. Get back to the drama again. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe another sci-fi or something. Something very different. <laughs> um, I, we ask kind of everybody that comes on kind of the same thing. Um, and you strike me as particularly quite re- resilient, you know. Um, how do you deal with kind of rejections and knockbacks? It's a, it's a brilliant question. Like it's... Um, uh, like, like I suppose, like most people struggle with it badly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like there was a, I think there was a, there was a Romanian philosopher, I think Emil Sharon. Did you ever come across this guy? And he, he kind of says, "Lean into failure," which is easier said than done because when you're failing, you're um, you're learning, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like it's it's like the but not that's probably more cliche. It's more when you're failing, you're getting to know your limits, yeah, and that's actually kind of a more informative thing. Um, but it's. Uh, but on the flip side to that, you know, failure is not encouraged at all because it's like we do everything to mitigate against failure. We, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to funding, it's like you know who's the name this, who's the name that, and, and I think that, <laughs> I think that's a pity because I think we should be failing more. Um, but uh, you do have to um, fail better, cry a lot, and then if you look <laughs> at stories, like story in general is about people who are. Like, uh, you know, it's w- people that want something at the expense of what they need. And it's at that point of failure that they kind of have that realization of that actually the stuff they want, which is often very tangible stuff for material stuff is not important. It's the stuff you need, love, you know, that's mm-hmm. actually really important. Um, and so that should form kind of part of your like if you're telling those stories, it should form part of your life so that it actually you can be more informed about it. Yeah. What have you learned? Um, um, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, no, it does totally. Um, what have you kind of learned throughout this kind of overall journey over the last, you know, I don't know, what, ten years now, um, about yourself as as a as a filmmaker, um, and also about about I suppose about Irish people because a lot of your work is you know really examining the kind of the Irish psyche and you know who we are as a people. I think there's uh, an irreverence um, with, with Irish people. So, like um, it's, it's like we're it's, we're philosoph- philosophical without the philosophy. 
there there is a bit of that, uh, and I think that's there's that that charm. I think is what people are really interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I suppose yeah, personally, it's just yeah, you're just, like you go through those moments where you're like, oh god, I've had enough, and then you kind of the more next day you wake up and you go, oh no, I'll start all over again. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you bounce back. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about imposter syndrome? We all kind of have that from time to time. I mean, it's something that comes up quite a lot on, you know, with, you know, there's the perception that because someone is doing really well that they're bulletproof, you know, or we had somebody in here one time and they were, you know, plugging their, their feature that was out that week and the same week they got rejected for like 250 grand. So they were like in this kind of limbo of, of you know, lack of confidence and feeling like a, a failure, but you had this well-reviewed thing subsequently that was well-reviewed come out and you're like, so like, how do you, do, uh, do every you feel, project, every project, when you start, are you like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, 100%. Like every project you're, uh, like we're all kind of fragile egos, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so you try to, try to be self-aware about that as much as possible. Like, and say, why is that affecting? Well, there's like every single project you kind of like, especially after that first cut. And I know it's another cliche where everyone says, you know, they feel absolutely depressed, but you really do. Like, you're kind of like, this is a disaster. <laughs> and you know what I mean? That's it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Down downhills, good luck. Yeah, yeah, honestly. And every single one. And, you know, and uh, you do this, even just recently, I was just going, this is like really... What's the point? Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's this boring, it's, uh, you know, people really interested in this, or people getting sick of this, style, you know. So you're just, uh, and then you kind of go, you know what, look, uh, you, you have in the back of your mind, you need to evolve. And like, while the style might be similar, each story is, each theme is, is, is different. And then, but again, you want to kind of... Stretch yourself as much as possible. Maybe I'm guilty of not doing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I think that you know you ha- you have a style, and I think a style is very important. You know, a trademark into people's work. But you know, I think also in this country, and uh, you know, all the powers that be that are listening in. You know, people need. Um, platforms to grow and develop and try to do different things, you know. There seems to be, I know through some friends of mine, that there's a little bit of reluctance to let them to, you know, they want to, I wouldn't say put people in boxes, but certainly label people. Like an actor, you know, yeah. can't write and direct. Why yeah. not? Of course they can. Like if a director wants to go on and, be, and DOP, you know, or, you know, yeah. do whatever they want, you know, there should be an openness. Or And what we try to do with FNI is to show people that there are, you know, platforms and there are ways to retrain and upskill and try new things or to change styles or change genres. Or, or you know, have you, um, you don't have to mention any names, of course, but have you found any reluctance in terms of that, well, I try. I try not to. I try not to think about anyone else. To be like, I, like genuinely, mm-hmm. I try to just like you know. I you know, it's it, the biggest um, obstacle is is always yourself. Yeah, it's putting yourself into the box um, because you know you can go out and just you know, make a film if you want, and you know, and then you can get yourself out of the box. Like it's all. I, I understand. I can see it from you know, obviously everyone else, other people's perspectives because mm-hmm. they're just again, as I said. They're trying to mit- they're kind of trying to reduce the chances of failing, <laughs> yeah. and that's what everyone's trying to do. So if you're known for something, you know we want to see more of that. We want to yeah, yeah, yeah. potentially, yeah. But you know, so you you, you just can't. You, you know what I mean? That's irrelevant. Um, it's 
what you want to do. Yeah. And then you have to will it. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure there's like particularly yeah. with you, like your work. I mean, I'm, there's a huge audience that would be just lap up what you what, what you've been doing, you know, and continue to lap that up. But you know, from your own perspective, you're like, well, I want something. I would imagine more creatively, but just challenging in a different way for you. you yeah, know? If, if you know, if if there's if if you have a story and that documentary format isn't. You know, if that canvas isn't uh, capable of telling that story, then you know uh, you're go- you're going to have to you know I'm going to have to find a different way, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you'll want to you know th- then drama is something I'd love to do, and mm-hmm. um, you know if 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 the documentary format uh, is allowing me to tell those stories, uh, allow me to t- tell stories, then that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but like when it comes, I think like down the road, like there I do have ideas that that I just don't think the documentary format will work at all more, you know, character st- real character studies. And mm-hmm. I'd like to kind of then, you know, explore drama. Shift, shift gear. Um, shift gear. Exactly. From a mindfulness point of view, and Georgina is also is, is adept in the, in the world of mindfulness and you, you work in that kind of field. Um, what kind of, what do you do, Alex, in terms of mindfulness? To How do you, like, you know, we, we've all ups and downs, you know, in various degrees of... Um, you know, wallowing in, in X, Y, and Z, and you know, and some suffer more, uh, you, you know, in, in 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 ways that other people don't. But how do you do? You have a, a a trick to kind of pull yourself out of the mire when you're not on form. What do you do? Do you go for walks? Do you? I go for a pint with your dad in an Irish pub. <laughs> One of twenty three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a, yeah, he's a regular in uh, all of the pubs. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, cry. <laughs> uh, yeah, just uh, just chat. I know you're joking about that, but it, then well, there, there is an element of that, isn't there? Sometimes in just letting yourself the release, oh, the release of that. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, it's not a. You know, what I mean, you can't just go. Oh no, you know. I'm, you know, because look, but you know, it's uh, uh, by the way, my problems are like nothing by compare, like not to, yeah. uh, you know, but uh, you know, in, in this industry, as I said, the legal industry is is also very, very tough when you're dealing with some of the stuff that we used to have to deal with, yeah. But uh, and that's it doesn't compare to nurses and blah 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 blah. Uh, but if you're not to, not to diminish them by saying blah blah blah. <laughs> no, no, Jesus, no. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, just to, I think it's important. Connectivity is so important because when you when you're actually go like and I, I and I don't like uh, dismiss this, but going for a pint is actually a great thing. Like mm-hmm. just uh, sometimes if I go into a sort of mindfulness you can, or, or those sort of exercises, you can, it can become all about you, yeah. and you know it can become all about oh you know whereas. You know, we're we're only tiny cogs in a big picture, and sometimes yeah. when you go for a pint with somebody else, empathising with someone else, you realise yeah. that God, your problems mean absolutely nothing. They really don't. Mm. <laughs> so it gives, also, it gives you perspective. It's it gives cath- you perspective. Ca- catharsis. Is, catharsis, and you know, it doesn't have to be a pint. By the way, it can be a cup of coffee or whatever, and just you know what I it's mean. It's mostly a pint, though. It's mostly. <laughs> there is something, and then you go. Oh, by the way, you know what? I'm making this project, and it's just you know, I don't think it's working, or something not working. And somebody says, "Oh no, do you know what? You know, uh, it's grand. You'll be you'll be grand. You'll work it out." You know, and then you kind of go, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. it can be worked out. I kind of didn't really understand that until I lived in America and worked behind many bars that it is more of a community kind of a thing, especially, well, I, as I experienced in the bars in L.A., like people like come in, just have a drink and they're just there to chat to people or, mm-hmm. as you just said, to chat to other people that might be in their industry or whatever. And it definitely changed my perspective on what I thought of people going into the pub to have a drink by themselves 
uh, I it opened me up a lot more to having conversations with them and finding out yeah. about their day and it can just take one question to like open people up. Oh, it just it just gets you out of your own head, yeah. you know, because I think we live in a sort of this sort of weird kind of narcissistic time where we're looking at devices and mm-hmm. and and that's and that's all about putting conditions. We put conditions on everything. It's like I, I won't be happy until I've got this thing. Or Why does everything have to be rated? All Every, the time? Yeah, everything's yeah. rated, and, and that goes right back to like it goes like maybe potentially you could say our parenting, but also schools. Like you're constantly, you know, it's like oh, you do do well in the homework, you're not doing well. In the, so everything, everything's rated. Everything's this feedback. Comparison. It's compare, compare, and it's pointless, you know. So uh, and that's why uh, I think we like the like. Abby Feelgood was all about people that tactile touching the hair and they're looking mm. at each other in the mirror and um, <laughs> the pub is a bit like that as well like I think it's it's uh, that that just thing of just you know like it's not don't put conditions on anything mm-hmm. you know yeah. that, that like that that old thing of like unconditional love um, you know is, is really kind of undervalued I think because like you know you often hear about people on their deathbed Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like uh, uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross uh, she went around the world interviewing people on their deathbed and you know u- ultimately what it came down to was you know is is what you know who who loves them and who do they love and you know that that's kind of all thing. It's, yeah. that's what it's all about that's what really. it's yeah. all about and you know and that's it's that's that's about people together you mm-hmm. know and uh, so when you're kind of like Sitting at home with your phone and your, you know, and you're doing your meditations, it, I, I, it can be, it can be a, a bit too much. Um, you know, it's the the inclination maybe is to just think about self a bit too much. To, uh, yeah, to not to say those things you're, you're, aren't, aren't yeah. right. Of course, they're like, of course, when you're, you know, if you were doing that and being gra- grateful or gratitude for the love in your life, then it's great. But it's if I was doing it, I'd be thinking. Oh God! Is this good enough, or is that good enough? <laughs> you'd, you'd overthink, maybe. I'd overthink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be a bit isolating as well if you're just like I have to do this. Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Be myself until I do this. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, I've got a you know a couple of close friends that I've had for years, and you know what I mean. They're they're funny, and you go in, and they just uh, <laughs> have no interest in my work whatsoever. And most of the time, they just get, give out about it. And you know what? And, and then take the piss out and of them. Yeah, and they're working in completely different jobs, and you know, and then you just realise, oh, God, you know, what does that really mean? You know, it's it's just a it's just what you do, but. Yeah, and I think, it's I, but, but but the arts in in the last year, I think, is you know, as well as obviously, you know, appreciating, you know, some of the essential services that we have, and nurses and doctors and all of those wonderful things that keep things, you know, taken over. But the, the appreciation and this, you know, springboard back into the arts, as it were, is very very important, you know. And I think, like, I, I don't know about you two, but the last year and a half for me, I've got so much sol- solstice from watching films and watching series and watching documentaries and feeling part of things, you know, and maybe giving it a little bit more time than I would have had before where I'm like, I'm okay, okay I'm really going to sit down and give this all my attention. The phone's going off. That's why it's so great to have the cinema back because it's, yeah. the cinema is probably the only two hours or, the, you know, the hour yeah. and a half where yeah. you're not at your phone. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like in the pocket. Yeah, no, it's in the pocket and if the blue light does come on, somebody will tell you to switch it off which is great too because, yeah. you know what I mean, it's like, yeah, I, yeah, totally agree. Uh, that yeah, it's just uh, like in the middle of the night. Sometimes I pick up my phone, and then you're suddenly reading you're bad news in some part of the world that you've got no control over, and you're just getting stressed over yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating. We, we interviewed. Uh, well, I interviewed um, Doctor F- 
Phil Kennedy. You know Phil Kennedy? Uh, I, he's the neuroscientist who imp- implanted electrodes into his own brain. To, he's, you know, researching for the last 40 or 50 years and uh, kind of the dangers of technology and where that goes. Like, as you say, with, because it came up with the phones and the idea of people sitting in bed and, you know, scrolling through stuff again. And what happens, like, where, where, does, where will all that stop? You know, where it'll get to a point where we literally implanted or we can Google somebody in our mind. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where it's going. And it really is. Like, Father of the Cyborgs is, is actually out this Friday. So it might still be in cinemas before this episode goes out. But it, it's it, it, one of the more fascinating doc- documentaries I've seen. He's, like, from Limerick, moved wow. to the States in, in the 70s. Um, and is, he's just the most incredible man. Um, and ran out like you know he was a subject of his own in terms of like he had implanted some people with locked in syndrome to monitor them and had various different subjects for his research and then he you know like all of the amazing people who've made technological and scientific advances went I'll do it on myself I'll I'll do it you know so he went down to like Belize uh, and you know yeah, literally monitored his own brainwaves. Oh, wow. So incredible. What was man. this? What was his uh, assessment? We're well, still alive. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing still I said to him uh, when I was interviewing him yesterday was, um, or the other day was, um, how's the head? <laughs> uh, and he goes, still on my shoulders, which is the most important thing. Um, where do you see kind of the future of documentary uh, in general terms? Do we, there seems to be, uh, because you're a documentarian, um, there's a fad now for like series documentaries like Tiger King and you know shows like this where the truth is not ne- it doesn't seem to be you know getting the way of a good story with this type of content. As someone who I know just you know understands that documentaries to accurately capture and represent life in in, in and, and to a degree and it's and it's and and the universal truths in scenarios. How do you feel about kind of long form content, long form content like that? Um, I, think, I think there's, a, I, you know, I think there's, a, there's, there's a bright future because I think if things go one way, there will be always the antidote. There will always be the, uh, uh, the, 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 so there will always be the thesis, then the synthesis, and the, you know, and mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, what is it, the thesis, the antithesis, and the synthesis. Yeah. And I think there will always be that. Um, and you know, so it's just good to kind of be aware of what's out there. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of do the opposite. <laughs> I just find it, find it fascinating, that, you know, the, the Sophie... Go follow the trends. <laughs> the Sophie, for example, the Sophie Tusca and the Plantier story and having two documentaries come out with such varying tones and, and, and you know, one very clearly leaning on one side of the, the debate and one clean, leaning on the other. It's just like... Yeah. Number one, terrible timing. Why they would put both out in the same space at the same time is very confusing to me. Like, you know, why couldn't it be put back six months and then it would refresh the interest and so on. But um, do you see yourself kind of exploring stuff like that in the future? True crime, true crime. Yeah, like, uh, I suppose, uh, you know, I think I wouldn't be a nihilist as a person. (laughs) But having said that, my first film was about the end of the world. So maybe maybe I would. Uh, you know, so I don't, there's no, you know, I, I have no problem with going dark. Uh, yeah. But uh, at this particular time, I don't think people want, I don't think people, well, maybe they do, I don't know. Um, but it, it all depends. Like every five mm-hmm. years is like a different epoch in somebody's life nearly. And you kind of just change your whole, you're like, you know what, I'd like to go, you know, maybe I'm just feeling a bit... 
you know the, the, the meaningless of it all or whatever and you might do something on that and a little uh, yeah and then you might you know but at the moment I'm kind of in an optimistic frame of mind <laughs> no and it, it works really well speaking of optimistic the score itself was very like optimistic and like how do you go about your, like do you spend a lot of time with uh, composer yeah because uh, it was like another character like because you're watching you know the happy events and that's the, uh, uh, Dennis music Cla- Dennis Classy is just very 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 emotionally smart person uh, and I just let him at it okay uh, <laughs> well I normally send over a, a temp track just to show where the mu- my music uh, you know might be maybe that's a really bad thing to do because you know but he, he never really cares about that anyway he just he takes what you're doing uh, he looks at the footage and he, kind of, he has this way of kind of even if somebody speaks a certain way almost the, the music kind of follows the rhythms yeah. of their voice Mm. I don't know how people do that. Because I was very, like, <laughs> generally, like, lots of times I don't really hear the music, but I really hear the music and and it was really part of it. Yeah. It's a character, the energy, yeah. Yeah, yeah he really, yeah, he's, like, we had this idea of, like, the wedding being, like, a machine, like, sort of these were the notes we were talking about. It was, like, the wedding day is a machine <laughs> and love is trying to break through the machine. <laughs> and uh, so there's, like, the cogs just, like, rolling and then, and then every now and again, it's, like... The love was seeping through, yeah. and that was that was sort of the note. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, and but it, well, he, he does his own thing, and he's brilliant. Did you get emotional at any of the weddings? Because I got emotional. Did you? Watching it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I, I told him <laughs> on the stairs on the way up. I got a bit emotional watching it. I got emotional because the lighting was terrible, or the uh, some okay. of these hotels. It's a different <laughs> <laughs> it was a more a frustration. Uh, yeah, I was like, uh, you know, why are you standing right in front of me when I'm here with? <laughs> Or that kind of thing, but uh, you know, but no, I generally yeah, like. I mean, people uh, weddings are this. You know, it is I this promised amazing. myself I wouldn't do this. Today. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do this, and then all of a sudden, somebody says something, and you're just kind of like, oh, that's actually a lovely sentiment, you know, that they kind of said, and you would. Yeah, I mean, you'd you'd you know you'd be uh, you know a cyborg to not <laughs> <laughs> to, to knock it well up at some of them, you know, um, and some people are you know more, I suppose. Uh, Sentimental in that way as yeah, well. Yeah, look, look, you know, when you when you're doing something like this, there's a cynicism. Yeah, you know, because we are all doing the same thing, and why, why are we following this? Um, Did you it know, make you want to review, re- renew your vows? <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> definitely didn't. Uh, yeah, but it, it just sort of like it definitely made me kind of go, God, you know. But then and then you kind of go, there's this other side to it, which mm-hmm. is beautiful. Yeah, um, the, yeah, you know, and I think that's where, um, you know, and then you sort of veer towards that, um, if you're so inclined. But you could easily go very, very kind of dark with weddings too, which could be <laughs> very interesting. Yeah, I, did, like, I mean, it could, it could, you know, based on even some of the content. I mean, you could have, and I'm sure there, there, there could have been a very different cut of something like that. You know, <laughs> why do we get married? And and you know, kind of skewing the kind of Catholic Church angle and stuff like that as well. But I don't think that's in your makeup, really, to do that. Yeah, at the moment, no. Yeah. But as I said, you, you change. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. That's something I noticed in, in terms of, like, educational as well. Like, just seeing, like, obviously there's the traditions that are kept up, lots of the same traditions, but the venues uh, have changed because uh, you brought up the Catholic Church mm-hmm. and the I didn't see so many church weddings. Yeah, I don't know if that was just the fact, just the people that responded just weren't getting married. A lot of them weren't getting married in churches, but it was yeah. definitely a minority that were getting married in churches. Yeah. Really? But I, I don't know if that's the case in general. I don't know if we captured 
uh, the zeitgeist there in general. Um, mm. Is it? Is it? Um, I, st- I still pro- probably the majority of people still do get married in Catholic churches. There's an, I mean, for me, like it's more intimate to have someone you know marry you. So I imagine, like, like you know, that's kind of the influence as well. I think they, pe- people want to. They want more control over the parameters yeah. in which they do that now, don't they? Yeah. Like you know, I, I would like if you know. I know if I get married, I wouldn't get married in a church. Wouldn't particularly interest me, but I would want to kind of dictate the terms of it, you know, um, and have more control and take the power back. You know, yeah. there yeah. shouldn't be the, like an albatross of the Catholic Church controlling, you know, the, your morality. You know, your morality will, lies within yourself, surely. And, yeah, and that should be reflected in a service. Yeah, and that's personal to every person, and whether you know what they do is. Do you want to marry? Will you marry me? Will you? Um, no, not marry me, but will you <laughs> officiate the marriage? I, I, I can tell you, I, I, I know the whole ceremony off of heart. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, um, what? Where can people after the Doc Festival see um, the Irish wedding? So uh, it will play an orgy. Oh, awesome. uh, it will play on RG, yes, and uh, and that's where it will probably play next. Um, okay. So we did two versions. We did the RT version, and then we kind of did a longer version, which will probably play abroad. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. See, see what people Great. So, uh, do you have a kind of day for that, or is it? I don't know. I don't know yet. It'll probably be, be before Christmas. That's mm-hmm. what has been advertised, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I would say that um, if you do have a chance, and if this goes out before this Sunday, um, or uh, do try and see it in the cinema. And as always, please try and support. Irish films and go and see them in the cinema because literally the money goes so much farther in terms of the, you know, to the Irish filmmaker, you know, because, you know, you're sending all this money abroad ostensibly for Hollywood films. So please do try and support Irish films in the cinema. And there's some great stuff out there at the moment. There really is. There's like, because there was a backlog of a lot of releases and they've all kind of come out now and they're all fantastic. So um, please do try and go and see them, folks. Uh, for now, because we'll get you back on again some other time when you have something else coming out, because it's just so nice chatting to you. Um, Georgina, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what you do next. And when you shift gear, uh, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be I'll pay my tenner or thirty <laughs> euros to support you. Uh, thanks so much for your well, thank time. Thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you, and thank you for your support as well of ah. Irish film. Thank thanks. Cheers. Thanks. <laughs>